Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Hope you are having a great day and getting ready for all those little children trick or treating. Well, that is in the United States, which is why I have to send a very special shout out to, uh, okay, what can I say? It's Ireland every week. I'm thanking Ireland every week. You are awesome. So many great listeners, but all of you throughout the world that are listening to the show, thank you, thank you so much. You're helping me change. Quality of life for people with disabilities, you're helping me work to end stigma. And I know from being in Kazakhstan and South Korea and Japan, Indonesia and Panama, I know how terrible it is. So... Um, thank you. Also, special shout out to my good friend, Yoshiko Dart. You probably notice every single show I do this. Why? Because I love Yoshiko and because I am determined to keep the spirit of Justin Dart alive. So, uh, Yoshiko, how do I know you're, you're yelling back saying, hi, Joyce? So, um, we love you. We love you, Yoshiko. And I have to thank uh, Highmark, our lead sponsor. Uh, what a great company. And they have been our lead sponsor. We had a um, bronze sponsor at the beginning of the year, AudioEye, and we certainly appreciate their support also. May I mention next Monday, October 29th, David Holmberg, the CEO of Highmark, will be receiving the prestigious Tony Quello Award. So, thank you, Highmark. And now, on with the show. And, oh, we have one of my most favorite people on the show today. I just love her so much. And that would be Joan Stein, the president of Stein Consulting LLC, who I view as an expert in the area of accessibility and accommodations. Joan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you very much. So, Joan, would you mind uh, by telling our listeners, not just nationally but around the world, how you first became involved as a leader in the disability community? Well, it's been quite quite a, a long, uh, interesting journey. I, I graduated from college last century with a uh, degree in, in social work, and I worked for about 10 years in the fields of, at that time it was called mental health and mental retardation. And we know that our, that our systems and our language have evolved since then. So I worked uh, specifically with um, adults and children, well, with adults and children with developmental disabilities, and then I, and that was in State College, Pennsylvania, and then I moved 
to Pittsburgh, moved back to Pittsburgh, which I, where I was born and raised, and worked at an agency which is now called Milestones, but at that time it was Allegheny East MHMR Center. And I ran a specialized foster care program, long-term foster care program, for uh, children and adults with developmental disabilities. And I did that and then moved into administration and into development for that agency. And then in 1990, I went to work for another agency, which unfortunately is no longer in existence, Three Rivers Center for Independent Living, otherwise known as Trickle. And I was the development director and director of public relations for Trickle when the ADA was signed into law on July 26, 1990. And as a result of that, I said to the board of directors, let's make a business. You know, this is going to require knowledge that we have and expertise that we have as an organization comprised primarily of people with disabilities, and the business community was going to need it. So we created what was, at that point in time, already had been done in the hospital community. We created a for-profit, wholly-owned subsidiary of a nonprofit. And we created an, a, a company called Accessibility Development Associates, ADA Incorporated. And we operated out of the Center for Independent Living for a short while and then moved to a 405-square-foot office in Three Gateway Center and began business. And that was in April of 1992. So... From the accessibility standpoint, I've been doing this kind of work since actually since 1990 when I went to work at Trickle. So I ran ADA Incorporated until July 2013 when unfortunately, Joyce, as you remember, being my close friend, my husband had a massive stroke. And I closed the company and went to spend his last six months with him as he tried to recover. And shortly after he passed away in January of 2014, 15, 2014, my memory is, is fading on that, unfortunately. Um, I received an email from a friend, a friend of ours, Steve Irwin, who asked me to come out of uh, retirement because they had a partner's meeting and his partner had an ADA case. So within a week, Stein Consulting LLC was created and instead of having an office in downtown Pittsburgh with five staff members and lots of overhead, I branched out on my own, working from my home or going to my, you know, going to, to do site inspections at my clients' places of business. And I've been doing that and continuing that work since February of 2015. So it's been, it's been, uh, quite, quite a ride, quite a ride indeed. Um, and I enjoy every minute of it because what I've always said from the very beginning, my job is to help businesses by identifying and removing the barriers that prevent people with disabilities from entering and fully participating, either as customers or employees or guests. So rather than beating them over the head with a stick, I show them quite often how really relatively easy it is to remove those barriers. And when they realize that and they realize that people with disabilities have quite a bit of discretionary income, they recognize the fact 
that instead of it being what people used to call an unfunded federal mandate or a burden, it's actually an opportunity because when you welcome people into your, into your place of business, they're going to return and they're going to spend money and they're going to tell other people. And so it, what I try to do is make it a win-win situation. Wow, that is awesome. And you know, Joan, so you know, has tremendous expertise in this area. I'm saying that because if you're listening to the show or if you know of someone that needs these type of services, Joan is expert in this area. Now, Joan, Stein Consulting, um, give us an example, though, of some of your uh, projects or work that you do. Well, one of my well, my longest standing client is the United States Golf Association, the USGA, which sponsors the Men's U.S. Open every year. And I just finished my thirteenth U.S. Open. Fourteenth, I'm sorry, my fourteenth U.S. Are Open. Are you kidding in, me? Wow! No, I'm not. June of 2007 was the first U.S. Open I ever did at Oakmont. And what I do with the USGA in with the U.S. Open is I work with them all year to help them to um, – they, what they do is they literally go to a golf course and build a city for 50,000 people a day. So all the tents that are up, if any of you, if any of your listeners have ever been to a U.S. Open, they know what I'm talking about. It literally is an entire city with tents and, and, and refreshment areas and concession stands. Our, our, um, our merchandise tent is 38,000 square feet. It's bigger than a football field. Are you kidding? So you can imagine Holy how cow. important it is to what I do is make sure that whatever they design and construct is accessible to people with disabilities. So I work with them year-round on doing that. Um, It's funny to say that one of the most important items that I pay attention to are the portageons that are all over the course because I have to make sure that everywhere there's a portageon or or a set of portageons that they have an accessible portageon. And I'm here to tell you that the manufacturers of these portageon companies try to pull the wool, and I, 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 they'll probably get mad at me saying this, but it's the truth. I've experienced it every year. They try to tell the, the USGA and the vendors that these portageons are wheelchair accessible and that they're ADA compliant when, in fact, they're not because they have a solid counter next to the toilet instead of having clear floor space so somebody can pull the wheelchair next to the toilet and transfer. So, you know, it, it, and the unfortunate part of that is that the ADA regulations, you know, the, the design standards for the Americans with Disabilities Act talk about the built environment, but they don't talk about manufactured items. So there's no, like, underwriter's laboratory for items such as portageons or feminine item dispensers or things like that. So these manufacturers believe that if they put, they, they slap the wheelchair logo in the catalog and say ADA compliant, everybody buys it because they believe it. So what I do with the USGA is during the year I make sure they build everything correctly. And then during the tournament for 10 days, I am on site from literally 5 o'clock in the morning until 8 o'clock at night. I manage a troop of 145 volunteers 
that run just we have disability services we have 17 six passenger golf carts that we drive people around the course three of them have a ramp on them that you can drive your wheelchair up onto the onto the golf cart we drive you to various locations around the golf course we have grandstand seating where the wheelchair seating is absolutely in the first row that you have an unobstructed view to the green we make sure that all of our areas are all of our concession areas are accessible and we just our our job is to make sure that people with disabilities and seniors enjoy themselves at the tournament and i can't tell you you know when i when i train the volunteers before the tournament i tell them to be prepared to get hugs and handshakes because people think we'll never be able to go to a golf tournament I'll never be able to get around. And then there are, unfortunately, some people that say, well, why is this golf course, you know, why are there hills here? Why isn't there more cement here? And I have to explain to them that it's a golf course. So we do the very best that we can, and where people can't traverse the terrain, we drive them on in golf carts. Wow. And it's the most fun I have all year. Let me ask you, Joan, what do you think caused them to start doing this? Well, you know, it's interesting, and I will say this publicly. I say it all the time. The USGA is head and shoulders above other sports uh, venues and organizations. They, the reason, they had started doing it a number of years ago, but in 2007, when I was introduced to them, to the director of operations, the gentleman at the time uh, who was the director of operations, Frank Bussey, I was introduced to him because the Pennsylvania had a requirement that they that the golf course and and the, the what we were building be inspected for accessibility. Well, they called in a local building inspector who didn't know anything about accessibility, but he knew me. So he picked up the phone and he called me and said, "Joan, I have to go to a meeting at Oakmont Country Club about accessibility. Would you go with me?" Well, as a golfer, I would never turn down the opportunity to to even walk on the grounds of Oakmont Golf Club. So I went, and literally within five minutes, Frank and I were talking about a contract because he knew that I was going I was going to help them. And the big I would say the big difference, quite honestly, is they have the right attitude. It does cost them money to do this, but the 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 feedback that they get and and the the positive responses they get from everybody involved is just unbelievable. They just they they example the USGA exemplifies what I say about the ADA, which is it's the right thing to do, it's the smart thing to do, and it's the law. But they do it because it's the right thing to do. You know what, though? That is amazing. Because just as you said, it costs them a lot of money to do that. And it would be so great if other places would start doing uh, other sports. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I do some work with the PGA of America and and they're they're working on their on their program but i will tell you for the past well like i said for the past 12 years i have been working very very closely with usga and um it's been it's been a wonderful experience it really has so the other, some of the other things that i do are are really related more specifically to facilities i do facility um uh inspections for everyone from 
convenience stores and banks and restaurants and retail establishments to um, I'm I'm in talks right now. I hope hopefully I'm not talking talking out of out of uh, out of. Uh, off the top of my head, but uh, I'm in I'm in discussions right now with the Pittsburgh Zoo and PPG Aquarium to work with them on enhancing their accessibility. They are uh, again they have the right kind of attitude. They want to do the right thing and they want to do the smart thing because if you think about the zoo and who comes to the zoo, parents pushing baby strollers and grandparents, <laughs> families. And there's nothing more important than enabling a family to enjoy something together instead of having to say, well, Grandma, we're going somewhere and there are too many steps for you or you can't get into the building or, you know, you can, we'll go out to dinner, but you can't use the restroom. You know, the, I'm hoping that, that I'm, I'm truthfully hoping that in, in, in some period of time in the not too distant future that I'm going to be retiring because there won't be need for me. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think I'll probably work like you will till we're 100. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yes, indeed, that is it. Yeah, that is the way we are. There's no doubt about that. Um, So, Joan, if someone's listening and they want to reach you, um, should they go to LinkedIn or where is it best to reach you? They can reach me at my email address, which is jwstein0731 at gmail.com, or they can call me directly at 412-736-7161, or reach me on LinkedIn. My website is under development right now, so... There's no website yet to reach me at, but you know, I uh, my phone is with me all the time, so phone or or email is is always a, a good way to be able to reach me. All right, you got it. So, Joan, there is this thing out now. Well, it has been that they're trying to get passed called the ADA Education and Reform Act, and yeah, the so-called ADA Education. And Reform Act weakens the Americans with Disabilities Act. And it's really not how it sounds. It sounds so good. ADA, Education, and Reform Act. But it isn't all so good. So how how do you feel about that, Joan? What would that do to the ADA? Well, Joyce, this is not the first time it's been attempted. I mean, back in the mid-1990s, the first time... This was attempted was Clint Eastwood was complaining because his restaurant in Carmel, California got cited because he hadn't removed barriers. So he got Representative Mark Foley, who was, you know, infamous from Texas, and it was called the Foley Act, and it never got out of committee. And the ADA Education and Reform Act is, I think, either the third or fourth attempt at it. The problem, the problem that I have, I have a, I have a fundamental problem with this, and that is that it is requiring the the basic tenet of it is requiring notification of, to a business owner that they have barriers and time to cure their barriers. It's been 26 years. How much more time do you need? Oh yeah, I know. 
That is so true. And you know what? The So it started with the Foley Act then. Right, right, right. Exactly. And and the problem is that I will I will I will grant there are some there are some glitches in the enforcement of the ADA that make it difficult or more difficult for the enforcement of it. One, it was designed to be a complaint driven law because it was designed to put the 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 to empower people with disabilities to help enforce it because it requires a complaint from a person with a disability who feels as though their rights have been discriminated against. And then they can either go to the Justice Department and file a complaint or they can go to federal court. Now, the experience of the past 26 years with the Justice Department receiving complaints and then investigating and then adjudicating has been limited and it's even more limited since, to, since the new administration. In fact, the biggest fear I've had since the 2000, well, one of the biggest fears I've had since the 2016 election is the fact that the Justice Department would literally drop everything to do with the ADA. Now, they've, they've limited the ADA's effectiveness by not moving forward with the website um, requirements and regulations and the furthering and adopting the standards, the guidelines that were developed for hospital equipment and, and furnishings. So, you know, they've already pretty much tied the hands of the Justice Department for enforcement. So whereas business owners are used to having, you know, maybe OSHA inspects them or the EPA inspects them or the health department inspects them, they just wait. And I will tell you that for 26 years, people have said to potential clients have said to me, well, I'm not going to do anything until I have to. And I say to them, that's like painting a sign on your back that says, kick me. Because if you wait for a complaint to come, which it will eventually, and you're told either by the Justice Department or the federal courts, this is what you're going to do, this is how much money you're going to spend, and this is when you're going to get it done. You lose total control of the process. Or as I say, turn the posse into a parade. Do it on your own time. Use the tax credits that are available to you through the IRS for barrier removal and make it a positive statement. So the problem, that's, the pro- that's one of the main problems that I have with, with the Education and Reform Act and the Foley Act and all the other iterations of it is that they are trying to limit the enforcement. Now, this one, I'm afraid, this one may have more, may take more, um, take more ground with it than, the, than its predecessors have, simply because with the infusion of the drive-by lawsuits. And that's, that's what really is driving at this time. I really thought that, that all the attempts were gone until the, the drive-by started. And, and if your listeners don't know what, what we're talking about, what happens, what's been happening in the last four years is that there are groups of law firms 
and advocacy organizations that do what are called drive-by lawsuits. And basically what they do is they pull into a parking lot of a business and they look around and they maybe take some measurements with a slope tool to see what the slope is of the parking space and the designated accessible parking space. And they look to see if there's a sign and they look to see if there's an access aisle and they look to see if there's a curb ramp. And if any of those things are either missing or incorrect, then they file a complaint against the business. And what they do is they say, we're sending you this letter. Here's, here's what we're complaining about. You can settle for X amount of dollars and fix it and we'll go away. We won't, we won't take you to court. So basically what they do is they send settlement letters. The lawyers get the fees. Sometimes they give money to the plaintiffs, and that's it. That's it. And so that's what's been driving this. Well, you know why I brought that up so all of you will know. Um, this is terrible. Just as Joan said, hopefully, you know, this is not going to move forward. But Title III of the ADA prohibits places of public accommodation like businesses or like service establishments, places that are open to the public, like a grocery store uh, or a doctor's office, from even homeless shelters from discriminating against people with disabilities. So if a person with a disability should encounter an architectural barrier that like Joan's talking about, that prevents that person from accessing the business, that person has three options. Speak with the business, file a complaint with the Department of Justice or file a lawsuit. The ADA Education Reform Act upends a key provision of the ADA by preventing people with disabilities from immediately going to court to enforce their rights and to press for timely removal of that barrier. Right. And without that... Without that enforcement mechanism, which is what Joan is talking about, uh, people with disabilities, they're going to really be hurt. You know, it's as uh, Senator Casey said, you know, what am I going to do? I go to get my, uh, a person goes to get their haircut at a uh, style salon, no access, and what do you have to do? Say, okay. Um, I have to wait, what is it now, 120 days? Yes. To know if I can get my hair cut? You you know what his point is. And what this would cause, in my opinion, what this would do is cause so many people from saying, well, you know, I'm not going to even do this. I mean, you know. Like a small business. I'm not going to worry about it for right now because, you know, uh, if this goes through, first they have to tell me, you know, then they have to file a complaint if they even know who to, how to do that. And then right. I get X amount of days to let them know. I think it's 60 days. I don't remember what it is. Um you know, if we're even going to look at this, the whole total thing is 120 days. You know right. what that will cause people to say, well, 
I can live without that for now. Well, and 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 the the more disturbing part to me is that it takes us back thirty years and relegates people with disabilities to being second class citizens again. It relegates people with disabilities to say, it, it, it makes it okay for a movie theater to say, no, I don't want you in here. I will never, Joyce, I will never forget Judy Human telling the story that when she was a young girl, she used a wheelchair, and she and her mother went to the movies in New York. And the only, and this was before the ADA, and the only place that Judy could, could sit in her wheelchair was in the aisle of the movie theater. And her, she and her mother bought their tickets, went and sat down in the movie theater, and the usher came and said, you have to leave, you're a fire hazard, and made her leave the movie theater. Yeah. Is it that unbelievable? It's unconscionable. Oh, my God, that's terrible. Oh, it gets me so fired up. Um, but we're going to go to break. And then we'll be right back. If you've been listening, we're talking to Joan Stein, the president and CEO of Stein Consulting, LLC. Tell everyone about this show. Everyone. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Joan. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. MailJet is changing how teams email with the launch of their collaboration toolkit. Create and send emails with your team faster with real-time collaboration and in-app commenting. Learn why businesses like Product Hunt, Microsoft, Avis, and more send millions of emails every day with MailJet at hello 
www.mailjet.com forward slash voice and try Mailjet Premium for one month free. That's hello.mailjet.com forward slash voice. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Glad you joined us. We're talking to Joan Stein, the president of Stein Consulting. Um, And before we went to break, we were talking about the ADA Education and Reform Act. And one of the things I was asking Joan is if she believes this proposed legislation is already impacting the commitment of small businesses. And is that what you think, Joan? I, I think so. I think, well, when you, when you look at the information about it, 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 it may not be impacting small businesses as much as it impacts larger businesses because all of the trade associations from the uh, American Lodging Association to the, uh, the real estate agency and the real estate organizations and the Chamber of Commerce, so anybody, they're all, they're all supporters of the, of the, of the legislation. So anybody that's tied in with them is basically hearing from these organizations, hold on. Don't do anything. At least that's what I believe they're hearing from them. So the the small businesses, unless they're tied into these agencies and organizations, they're probably not doing anything simply because, you know, I I, I got to tell you, Joyce, so many times over the years I've had a business owner say to me, but I've never had anybody complain. Or they say, but I've never had anybody in my store in a wheelchair. Well, Maybe it's because they can't get in, and they don't realize that. So what I find so very often is that the businesses businesses pay attention to the ADA for one of two reasons. Either they have someone in their life that has a disability, so it matters to them, or they've had a complaint filed against them, and they're attuned to it. And either way... It becomes front and and foremost. I'm working with a I'm working with a client now who has to remain nameless because uh, it's a confidential uh, project that I'm working on. But they were they were they were um, they were investigated by the Justice Department, and they're a very large publicly owned company. And the issue is, they thought they were doing things right. And they hired architects, and the architects said, don't worry, we have this under control. And they hired contractors, and the contractors listened to the architects. And in this one situation, they, they renovated a restaurant 10 years ago that they made so many ADA errors, it was unbelievable. And so when, what happens is that even with small businesses, when, when, when a small business owner says to me, but I don't understand, my architect said everything was covered, or I don't understand, I have a, per, I have a, I have a building permit from the city, why isn't anybody paying attention to this? It's because they don't pay attention to accessibility. 
and they don't pay attention to ADA. Building inspectors <clears throat> inspect for plumbing. They inspect for heating and ventilation and air conditioning. They inspect for fire, but they don't inspect or they don't pay the amount of attention to accessibility that they need to. And so the business owner, rightfully so, believes, well, I've got everything covered. Here I have this building permit. And the truth of the matter is that building permit isn't worth the paper it's printed on in terms of accessibility or in terms of protecting you from being uh, from having a complaint filed against you. So I really think, you know, it, it, it's, I would love to see the ADA Education and Reform Act just become the ADA Education Act. Yeah. And to use that, that, that impetus to educate businesses on not only the importance of accessibility, but the value, the, the, the return, what return on their investment they can get by making their stores and their libraries and their medical offices and their movie theaters and their grocery stores accessible because if people come in, they will spend money. There is a return on their investment. But people don't, they, they need to be, education is the key to it. It really is. Joan, you know what? We need to get you uh, working with the airlines. Oh, oh, that's a whole, that's a whole, as, as, as my father used to say, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Well, you mentioned Judy Human, and Judy Human was the speaker here in Pittsburgh, my hometown, on Monday evening of this right. past week. And she had a hard time getting here, and we didn't think she was going to get here because they said they could not get her wheelchair to fit in the airline, the plane. What? So we called a friend of ours that called and said, hey, because they work for this airline, what the deal is here. Well, they did get it on. So she got it on, went home, got it on, got off the plane. They had broken the arm on the wheelchair. Uh-huh. And this has happened to her before. And in addition to all that, I have a friend that all of you listeners know, Kelly Buckland, the uh, mm-hmm. CEO of Nickel, who says that he and a lot of his friends, if they're able to, they take another form of transportation Absolutely. other than Absolutely. a plane because they are tired of being hurt getting off the plane. Exactly. Exactly. And, and what condition their wheelchairs in when, when they when they get there? See, and and part of the problem too is that they're, they're, the airlines operate under the Air Carriers Act, not under the ADA. Airports are are are, are um, obligated to comply with the ADA, but the airlines themselves operate under the Air Carriers Act, and it's not as strictly enforced. And so it's, but it, that's been that's been a problem for years. I have friends who have had literally their wheelchairs destroyed by by the airline. And what do you do? You that's well, that is your personal means of transportation. Well, my friend is a senior executive on uh, the board 
of AAPD, which I'm so honored to be the vice chair with our chair being Ted Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am going to actually suggest they meet with you because someone Good. has to advise someone. I mean, this is becoming a really a national problem. Absolutely. 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 I'd be happy to meet with them. Yeah, because as I said, uh, and Kelly, who uses a wheelchair, I mean, that's, as you know, Joan, the as the national organization for the Centers on Independent Living. So if he's hearing it by a lot of people, I oh, say absolutely. it's a lot of people. Yes, yes, yes. So that will be one of my things that I work on. Okay, and Joan, good. We'll I work on that to together. Ask, okay. Do you believe, Joan, that all these accommodation issues impacts employment? Yes. Unfortunately, it does. And, and again, it's lack of education and it's lack of awareness. It's, it's an employer thinking, oh, I'm going to have to spend tens of thousands of dollars to make an accommodation so that this person can come and work for me. And Joyce, you know this better than anybody in, in this country. That's not the case. Oh, and Joan, I have, I, I cannot stress, I've been doing this employment crusade for people with disabilities since 1995. Still to this day, as recently as last week, when I say, why do you think people don't want to hire people with disabilities? I mean, to a, you know, at a Fortune 500 corporation, when I'm speaking to a large group, someone always raises their hands and says, because of the big cost of accommodations. They right. always say that. Right. Always, right. which is not and true. And that was probably an HR person that answered that. It was. How did you know that? <laughs> because they, they're the ones that need to be educated the most. Well, if you don't understand this, you know, for example, having a restroom where the the person cannot transfer is right. not accessible. I mean, I I really would encourage you if you're listening to the show and if you work somewhere where you have any issues or if you know of someone that does, now you know Joan and this show is uh, on demand and you can get it from iTunes. So you know you need to share the show with others. But right now, I'm going to get ready to go to our last break and then we'll be right back to talk more to Joan Stein on Disability Matters, voiceamerica.com. I'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Since 1985... 
Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-294. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. MailJet is changing how teams email with the launch of their collaboration toolkit. Create and send emails with your team faster with real-time collaboration and in-app commenting. Learn why businesses like Product Hunt, Microsoft, Avis, and more send millions of emails every day with MailJet at hello.mailjet.com forward slash voice and try MailJet Premium for one month free. That's hello.mailjet.com forward slash voice. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We are on with national expert on accommodations, Joan Stein, the president and CEO of Stein Consulting, which it's so great, Joan, to have you on. So, you know, I know Joan very well, and I just love her. I mean, I will tell you right now. It's mutual. uh, Yeah, she is the real deal. There's no question about that. Um, And, Joan, you have done so much already. Uh, but, I, you know, you always have this passion, just what you said earlier, the two of us will never stop doing this because we're both on a crusade. So I wanted to ask you, what caused that? Who, who was your role model or who is your role model? My dad was my role model. He's, he's gone 11 years, but he lives in me all the time because he told me as a very young child, and, and, do what you love and love what you do. And you listened. Yes. Yes, I do. I did, and I still hear him in my, in my ear. And he was my role model. He loved what he did, and he loved the people that he worked with. And the, the interesting part about it is my dad was a traveling salesman. He sold a men's gift line, and he was gone five days a week. And for many, many years, I thought we had the largest family in the world because I had all these aunts and uncles. They were all my dad's customers. He became friends with everybody that he worked with. 
And I, I remember saying to him when I was very young, Daddy, you know, how, uh, you must have a lot of brothers and sisters. He said, no, honey, they're all my friends, but they're, they're like family. And Joyce, as you and I both know, we choose, we choose our, you're, you're my family of choice. I love my biological family, but I love my sisters too. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, you know, God gives us friends to yes. apologize for our family in some <laughs> cases. Yes. Not mine, okay. but there are cases where that is a fact. Uh, but, yes, it is. yeah, you're right. Your friends do become your family. They do. That's right. There's, there's That's no right. mistake about that. And people that I've met in business like you, you're a perfect example, Joan. Um, sure. And, uh, you know, you are like my sister. And uh, it is like that with so many people, especially in the disability community, because yes, we are very all close, in the, We're a very yeah, close we are, community. Right. We are all in this together. Um, and, Joan, uh, once again, you know, you've done so much. You were telling everyone all these things you've done and worked on. But if you had to say one thing that you consider your greatest accomplishment, what would that be? Well, you know, it's interesting. This is October 23rd, and October 20th was a, a very, um, very sentimental anniversary. Not, not only the fact was it that it was, would have been my parents' 74th wedding anniversary, which they've both been gone for a number of years, but on October 20th, 20 years ago, I was in New Orleans, and I had been hired by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission to be their ADA expert on a landmark Title I case, the EEOC versus DuPont. Now, you can well imagine that when a complaint gets, when, when, a, when a case gets raised against DuPont in New Orleans, it's kind of like, what it used to be like with U.S. Steel in Pittsburgh. You know, everybody, you know, they, it was the employer, and DuPont was the employer in New Orleans. To make a very long story short, I was hired by the EEOC and worked with this brilliant attorney, Greg Juge, who he and I are still very close friends, and he sent me an email on the 20th and said, Happy Anniversary. And the the long story short is is our client, who was the plaintiff, had worked at, at uh, a chemical plant, the DuPont chemical plant in Laplace, Louisiana, for a number of years and had a number of physical disabilities and came to work every single day. And they, the people at the plant and her supervisors, treated her so horribly that they forced her onto disability and, and then terminated her. And it was such an egre- such an absolutely egregious case that when we went to trial and it went to the jury after three days of testimony, the the DuPont's attorney said to the jury, "This is not." His opening comments were, "This is not about Laura getting the money. This is about the government getting the money." So he set the tone that this was, you know, DuPont was going to be, the the government was going to take money away from DuPont. Long story short, the the jury came back with a question two hours into their deliberation and said, if we find for the plaintiff, does she get the money or does DuPont or does the government get the money? 
the jury awarded her $1.23 million. Wow. Wow. And you know what, Joan? Here's how long I know you. I remember this. Yes. Yes. It, it was a landmark case, it, it, and, it, and it, got, it got appealed all the, way up, all the way up through the state Supreme Court, and, 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 the, and the verdict held. It was written up in all the law journals. Isn't that a Well, that was absolutely historic. I can see yeah, why. Yeah, it was. It was and, I and, and like I said, I have lifelong friends as a result of that. This woman was so determined, and she was, she was seriously physically disabled, but she was so dedicated to her job. The she, she she was just incredible and and had had the strongest disposition to be able to withstand they tortured her literally tortured her and she said I want to work they said oh go home and watch TV she said I don't want to go home and watch TV I want to work this is how I define myself and Joyce we know this you see this every day we define ourselves by what we do we define ourselves, what do you say? Jobs or freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Competitive jobs mean freedom. Just That's as right. you said, first question, what's your name? Second question, what do you do? Exactly. <coughs> exactly. So I would what? say my, DuPont, my work with DuPont and the EEOC and Greg Juge really stand out really, really stand out for me as a, as a major accomplishment. And it was such an incredible team to work with. Well, Joan, um, it has been truly a pleasure to have you as our guest today. Thank you. Uh, I love every time you're on. Everyone listening, don't forget On Demand, iTunes, you can get the show. Um, but, Joan, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Don't give up the fight. It's the right thing to do. Welcome people into your business. Allow yourself to be welcomed into a business and participate. And the last statement I want to say to everybody is vote. As Justin Dart said, vote as if your life depends on it because it does. Oh, what a great message. That's right. I hope you heard what what Joan said. Don't be one of those that sits home and says, I don't have to worry. No, yeah, you do. Every vote counts. Yeah, and don't be one of those that says every vote does not count. How many times have we seen close races in the hundreds? Make That's sure right. you vote. Remember Make those sure countries I've been to? Oh, my gosh. You're so lucky you can't vote. Well, we end every show with a quote, and today that quote is, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for, said President Barack Obama. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. 